said towards the end of last year, uh, I was talking about this whole that love is the oxygen for kingdom living, kingdom love, not human love, but the way God loves. And I shared uh, how we must come into the understanding of what love is from his perspective, not from a human perspective, not our own thinking, not how we define it. And I said, if I pass the mic out, and if I pass the mic out right now and ask you what love is, we probably all have a definition of what we think love is. But it's essential that we come to understand the love of the Father because the Father defines what love is. Isn't that right? And, uh, and so we've been talking about this kingdom love. And I want to just continue with that. Uh, because I believe God is developing and forming that love more and more within us. And so when we receive Christ, we receive the love of Christ. But then there is a, a process that God is doing within the church of building and forming that love. And so if we are placed in certain situations, then that love comes forth. It's not so much you have to think about it, you act, you just act out of who you are. And so love comes forth, grace comes forth, life power comes forth, because that life source, the word, is becoming flesh in the church. And so I want to just continue to define that and what that looks like. So what does this kingdom love look like? Because the church is to model it on the earth. Do you realize that's one of the main purposes of you and I on the earth, is to model him. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. So live a type of life that Christ lives on the earth because people will be drawn to the Christ. So it's the Christ in us being modeled on the earth. How many people know that is a very attractive thing that draws people? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> Come meet in Numbers 22. And we're going to have a look at a donkey that models something that is what I just call kingdom love. Anyone ever seen a donkey talk apart from on that movie? <laughs> Who loved that movie Shrek? It was such a cool movie, wasn't it, eh? I love the donkey. A donkey! <laughs> And uh, we're going to pick this up in Numbers 22, verses 7. And just before that, to give you context, is this king called Balak. And Balak inquires of Balaam. And he says, I want, he says to his, his uh, guys beneath him, he says, I want you to go, and I want you to go get this guy called Balaam, who's a prophet, and I want you to bring him back here, because the Israelite people were moving forward as a nation, and uh, Balak is afraid that the Israelites are going to overtake and overpower him and, and his country and his, his territory. So he asked for his men to go and find this guy called Balaam and to come and, uh, and give a word uh, for him. And so let's pick it up in verse 7. It says, So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees for divination in their hand. That's quite interesting, isn't it? And they came to Balaam and repeated Balak's words to, or Balak's words to him. He said to them, spend the night here and I will bring word back to you as the, as the Lord may speak to me. And the leaders of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent word to me. Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt and they cover the surface of the land. 
Now come, curse them for me. Perhaps I may be able to fight against them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. It's quite a direct commandment there from God, isn't it, to Balaam? Don't go with them. These people are blessed. They are my people. Verse 13. So Balaam arose in the morning and said to Balak's leaders, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. The leaders of Moab arose and went back to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Verse 15. Then Balak again sent leaders more numerous and more distinguished than the former. And that's funny as well. He's trying to use all sorts to try and tempt Balaam to come. They came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I beg you, hinder you from coming to me, for I, have, I will indeed honor you richly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Please come then, curse this people for me. Balaam replied to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me... Sorry. Balaam replied to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything, either small or great, contrary to the command of the Lord my God. Now please, you also stay here tonight, and I will find out what else the Lord will speak to me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise up and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you shall you do. So Balaam arose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the leaders of Moab, verse 22. But God was angry because he was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Excuse me. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off from the way and went into the field. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path of the vineyards with a wall on his side and a wall on that side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself to the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn to the right hand or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. So Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a mockery of me. If there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever accustomed to do so to you? And he said, no. Verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed all the way to the ground. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. This is pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? That Balaam is actually going away that's contrary to God, and God is his adversary. Verse 33, But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. 
If she had not turned aside from me, I would surely have killed you just now and let her live. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the way against me. Now then, if it is pleasing to you, I will turn back. Wow. Now the first thing I want to talk about today is that there's more going on here in this passage than just a story about a king called Balak, a prophet called Balaam, and a donkey that talks, although that is quite impressive, um, that God opened the mouth of this donkey and it speaks. But there's more um, going on than just that. And I personally believe that what we're seeing here, what, there's a picture God's trying to show us, is both Balaam and the donkey represent the church. Both Balaam and the donkey, their actions are in the church, and also they're, they're an expression of the church as a whole. And we see these different things happening within this passage of Scripture. We see love that's being modeled. We see uh, sort of uh, other, the, the Balaam actually coming against uh, the donkey because Balaam can't see what the donkey can see. And the donkey's living uh, out this lifestyle, but Balaam doesn't quite live out the same lifestyle. And so we have to contend with this stuff because I believe it's a prophetic picture of what's happening and, uh, and has been happening throughout the generations of the church itself. And God is today, God is looking for a people. He's defining a people, as I said before. He's defining his bride, making her ready. God, as we looked at over last week, said, would you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Will you allow the love that I have poured upon you to be moved through you, and will you appropriate my lifestyle? Because when Jesus said, I will build my church, what he meant was, I will build a people who look like me, act like me, think like me, live like me, love like me, have mercy like me, move in my authority and my power. Not just put up a building and draw a whole lot of people to a meeting and sing some songs and go again. No, no, these people will actually reflect me on the earth and people will know the way they love one another and the way they love me. They will know who are my disciples. Because as I said last week, disciples are different from Christians. Christians, only you mentioned about three times, disciples is 251 times. Come and be my disciple. Yeah? And so this is a beautiful picture of what's going on here. I'm going to read you some of the attributes uh, from 1 Corinthians 13 of the love that God has poured out upon us. And so often this gets used, as we know, at weddings. And uh, we, we sort of, you know, I've heard this mentioned plenty of times. Um, but look at these words, because this, this is a love that's not really of this earth. This is a heavenly kind of love manifested in Christ that lives within us. And so listen, look at some of these attributes. It does not seek its own. Wow. This love does not seek its own. What else does it say? It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Whew. Now, the Bible says, you know, when, when Peter and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, man, how can anyone live like this? How can someone go through the eye of a, how can a camel go through the eye of a needle? And Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. With God, everything's possible. See, it's possible that the church loves like this. It's possible that there is an expression of this on the earth because God is the God of the impossible. Yeah? 
So he goes on, he says this, that this love rejoices with the truth. This love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. Well, this is what the donkey was modeling right here in this passage. And we're going to look and we're going to pull it apart a bit more. It is this kingdom love that the bride of Christ will model and have as her heart posture and position. This is the work God is doing within the church right now on the earth. To appropriate, it's an inward thing. It's not an external thing. The external is a byproduct of what's happening within. Sometimes we can be so focused on the external, but the internal isn't being transformed. When the internal is becomes transformed, the external takes care of itself. It just happens. It has to happen. Because what's in is so big, a shell cannot contain it. It has to come forth. See, when a seed dies, it releases life. John 12, 24. Jesus had to die to release life. We have to die to release life. The dying of oneself, one's old nature, births a greater reality of this love. And you're about to see the donkey model something that Balaam never did. Modeling this kind of love will cost you and I everything. Anybody still want to follow? What did Jesus say? He says, if you want to follow me, you better count the cost. Love is costly. It's risky. You can get hurt when you love, can't you? Anyone been hurt in love? Anyone had your heart broken? But you know what? God's heart was broken, but he still sent his boy. See, love is costly. It's risky, but it's at the core of Christianity. It's the core of Christianity. It's what Christianity is birthed on, centered on, anchored to. But it's costly. Keith Green said, "Love won't, uh, the commitment God's looking for is not just something, but everything. I've been so inspired by reading his book. I've had it for about 10 years and never picked it up till just the end of last year. There was a man that was committed to his father committed to, to, to not the ways of man or the precepts of man or the impressions of man, but his father, and challenged the systems of Christianity in that day, challenged attitudes and why we do certain things. It's costly. Listen to what 1 John three eighteen nineteen 19 said, little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth. Let, little, little children, let us not love with word or tongue. Let's not give it lip service, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth. Well, who's the truth? Him. You will know my disciples by the way they love one another. A new command I give you today. See, in this passage, the donkey is putting Balaam's best interest ahead of his own, even at the expense and the detriment to itself because of this kingdom love that the donkey has for Balaam. 
donkey can see something that Balaam can't see, can't he? What can he see? He can see God. He can see the angel, the representation from heaven. He's going, if we continue to go forward, this isn't going to be good for the guy on my back. It isn't going to end well for the guy on my back. But the guy on my back can't see the angel of the Lord. But I can. I've been with this guy on my back my whole life. I love him passionately. But he's kicking me. And all I'm trying to do is protect him. And this is what God says. If you'd gone any further, the donkey had it continued, the donkey would have been okay. You would have been the one that was killed. How fair is that on the donkey? All the donkey's doing is loving the guy on the back. You see, this love that I'm talking about, it dies to self. There's no self left in it. Self has been eradicated from it. He's not worried about himself. Does it sound a little bit like Christ coming to this earth, selflessly laying his life down for you and I? The donkey is a typology of Christ. The donkey is a typology of the bride of Christ. Laying one's life down for others. Even sometimes when the others can't see what the donkey can see. But continuing to move forward. Kingdom love is sometimes persecuted at times for doing the right thing. Even when others don't realize it's the right thing. See, what kind of a love is this donkey modeling? Kingdom love. The love that God has, is, and is forming right here in this community. That people would look and see it and go, my goodness, this is so extravagant. This is so rare. You cannot find it anywhere in the world, but I'm looking at it. And I'm seeing it in people. And these people say they worship God. These people say they worship Jesus Christ of Nazareth. These people say they are followers, disciples of Jesus. I need to know who this Jesus character is because I've never seen love like this manifested anywhere. Yeah? That's what attracts us all to Christ, isn't it? That love. The fact that there is nothing that can separate us. The fact that there is nothing that can get in the way. The fact that that love redeemed my sin for a lifetime. Isn't that what attracts you to Christ? Isn't that why you're here? Because you have actually engaged with it. You've actually received it. It's been so amazing. But now God says, now I want you to go and live like it. See, it's always two parts of the picture. It's never just about receiving it for yourself and then... No, it's receiving it for yourself, and then you've got to pass it on. You've got to model it to others. It empowers others to come into the site, and that's what happens here. See, it's after Balaam, the, sorry, the donkey, lays his life down. It's after he's been beaten three times that actually Balaam gets to see the donkey, not be, sorry, God, not before. Don't need to say that again, because I... The donkey... It's after he's beaten the donkey three times that God opens his eyes. What would happen if the donkey didn't put up with what was happening to him or her? See, this love is pretty crazy. It's extreme. 
But it's possible in Him. And it's in us. God asks us to lay it down and live it out. Listen to verse uh, 27. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. So Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with his stick. Verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done that you have struck me these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a mockery of me, if there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. I don't know about you guys, but I love how the scripture records everything. I reckon, well, it is literary as it is, but I probably would have answered like, you just spoke. (laughs) How does a donkey speak? But he doesn't, he just answers the donkey as if it's normal behavior. I would have been a little bit gobsmacked there for a minute and gone, how did you speak back to me? But you can see here, he's more worried about his pride, isn't he? He's more worried about his reputation. He's more worried about how he looks because he's got this thing in his head that he's supposed to be going to do this thing that he's not supposed to be doing. And he gets a little bit ticked with the donkey. And then he says in verse 30, the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever been accustomed to do so to you? And he said, no. No. Let me read you Matthew 5, verses 10 to 11. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Those that are living a life defined by truth. Those that are living a right life. Those that are allowing the word of God and the commandments of God to define who they are and who stand for that truth. And declare that truth. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of the righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's pretty full on, isn't it? Full on passage of truth, red letter stuff. Jesus says that if you're persecuted for me, you're blessed. I reckon the donkey here is blessed. But it doesn't look like a blessing, does it? getting kicked three times, and you know what? If I'd had a sword, I would have killed you, donkey. Donkey goes, but I've only ever loved you, master. What have I done? Have I done anything? No. This is a kingdom love. This is a crazy expression of the Father's love for you and I. That he asks us, in fact, he commands us to love one another like no matter what the cost, no matter what it looks like. So the challenge for the church is to love like this, isn't it? Man, we're great at putting on our conferences. We're great at putting on our programs. We're great at putting on performances. We're great at music. We're great at all this thing. The question I'm challenging me with this year 
And I'm asking myself, am I great at loving others the way that he loves me? How great am I at that? Because I know that's what a world's looking for. I know that's what you and I are really all looking for. In the heart of our hearts, at the centerpiece of who we are, we're looking to be loved, aren't we? That is the center, that is the anchor that any human being really is looking for. I can do without this, I can do without that, I can do without these, I can do without this, but what I can't do without is the love of the Father and the love for one another. Because that's of Him. But it's costly. And the donkey's paying a cost. Balaam has no idea what's really going on. He's oblivious to the fact that his own life was in jeopardy because of his own disobedience to God. And if it had not been for this incredible act of kingdom love, God, the Bible says, would have killed the donkey. Sorry, would have killed Balaam. Verse 32, 33. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. That scares me a little bit in a good way. That Balaam's way was contrary to God's way. So God comes down and tries to stop the process. Yo, hold on a minute. We're doing the wrong way here. You're in contrary to me. But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I would surely have killed you just now and let her live. Here's a thought. Balaam goes in the name of the Lord, but not in the will of the Lord. Balaam goes in the name of the Lord, but not the will of the Lord. Once again, that's another challenge for me personally, to make sure that everything I'm doing is not because of what I'm seeing, but because I've been sent. See, there is a difference between just responding to things that you see and responding to things because God has sent you. They are radically different. One is filled around, running around, doing a whole lot of work that really you can say is in the name of the Lord, but is it the will of the Lord? But when God sends, he sends empowerment. He sends life. It's easy. It comes with peace. It comes with joy because it's sent from the Lord. I'm not doing it because I see. See, Balaam went in the name of, but not the will of. And look what was going to happen to him. Many people move communities in the name of the Lord, but is it the will of the Lord? That's a challenging question, isn't it? God is Balaam's adversary, but he didn't know that. And although he couldn't see what the donkey could see, he wasn't willing to trust the donkey either because all he was concerned about was doing his own thing. But here's the cool thing. This didn't stop the donkey loving him. Isn't that cool? That didn't stop the donkey pouring out this love on him. 
So here's a question. Why doesn't God open the donkey's mouth after Balaam hits the donkey the first time? Anyone got an answer? Why does God allow the donkey to be hit three times before God opens his mouth? The reason I believe, and I said at the start, that there is more going on than just this mere text. I believe God is looking for something in the donkey's heart as well. Remembering that when Jesus said, I will build my church, what he meant was what I just described. See, God allows it because he's looking for the donkey, a work in the donkey's heart, which is actually already there. God will allow us to go through certain things for this formation to occur. He allows it to happen. So this can actually be a reality and be formed in you. You have to put it on. You have to choose it. You have to move forward into it. It's not just going to happen to you. You have to actually choose it. It's an action. Not just word and deed. Sorry, word, that's easy. But indeed an action. Will we love one another this year as Christ loves you and I? There's an appropriation of it. And I'm preaching to me. This is the stuff that I'm being convicted on. Will I love you like that? Will you love me like that? Will this love cover all the stuff as we're going to move together and work together and maybe make mistakes together? But as a community, it's that that binds us together because God is building an authentic community here that is not determined by location. It's not determined by where you live. It's determined by your heart and your mind and your posture. That is what will determine the rock flourishing or not. Not how much money we have in the bank, not how flash the worship is, not how good or bad the preaching is, but the love that we have for him and the love that we have for one another. Do you want to be part of that community? Do you really? Because it will cost you. I'm telling you, things will need to change. I need to change if I'm going to love like that. I'm going to have to make certain decisions and change certain things for me to love like that. This is this incredible work that God is doing right here. It's a privilege to be part of it. To love him and allow him to do this. I just want to read Romans 5 to you. Because you might say, why? I talked about before that formation. Romans 5 verse 3. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, as we journey through this process, there's a work that's happening within us which creates pillars of hope. And it's what we are going to need as we continue to move forward into these days. As things possibly get a bit darker, get a bit tighter, whatever, the church is going to shine because it has this hope, it has this internal love system that is being built and defined in her. Which is awesome, isn't it? 
Some of you look at me like, I don't know if I really want to be here right now. The door's looking quite attractive. When this kingdom love is modeled to others and grace is poured out upon them, the person can come into the same reality as this is what happened to Balaam. Verse 31 says, The Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord and he bowed down. I'll get LJ and Dave to come back up. See, when the pressure went on the donkey, the donkey responded because it had this love within him or her. He responded because those pillars were established in its heart. I have a question. I have a number of questions. But what did Jesus ride into Jerusalem on? Good answer. Anyone think that was an accident? Anyone think it was really intentional? And that maybe he was communicating something very significant to the people then and to you and I now. Now another question. See how well you know donkeys. What are donkeys known for? Stubbornness. I put stiff-necked doing their own thing. What were the Israelites known for? Same thing? What are God's people to be known for? Loving Him, loving one another as He loves us. John 13, 15. That's what we're to be known for. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Not a stubborn and stiff-necked donkey, but a donkey that is submitted to its Lord because of love. And I believe with all my heart that this is, this is imagery, this is a picture of Jesus Christ and His bride. God is looking for a bride who will carry His kingdom love because God is love. Or in other words, grace and his truth. See, the donkey is carrying the king of kings. God asked his bride to carry the king of kings, his love, his truth, his purpose, his mercy, his grace, his life, into the world for one another and people that are yet to be reconciled to him. But the donkey's been broken from what it was. A stiff neck, maybe, as we know donkeys are. Stubborn, submitted because of love to the king. It looks a little bit like the donkey out of Balaam as well, doesn't it? And that's the challenge for you and I. That's the challenge for the church today. 
is to allow the commandments of heaven. Not a good idea, not an instruction as we've talked about, but the commandment of heaven to come in and to take its place and allow its work to be done. And I believe with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, that's what God is asking and looking for as we go forward and continue to move forward in this year. It's an authentic work of His Spirit. cannot be replicated any other way but by the Holy Spirit. And all we need to do is allow it to happen. Don't be like Balaam that continually fights the process and continues to trying to fulfill our own will. Be like the donkey who was submitted and loved and continue to pour out love on its master so the master could come into the sight that the donkey had and see this beautiful picture of God. And I know this has been a little bit challenging and challenges me even preparing it. I'm going to talk about next week how the donkey actually had the fear of God greater than the fear of man. Because it was the fear of God that the donkey had that motivated the behavior as well. Which was just as well for Balaam's sake, wasn't it? So we're going to learn a lot from this donkey. So Father, I just want to thank you God for the work that you have been doing, are doing and will continue to do in our hearts this year. Thank you, Father, that you're looking, you're forming, you're building, you're making ready your church. And she will live out and appropriate and have a lifestyle that reflects you and honors you and brings you glory. And I thank you, God, you've put us together with all the different giftings, with all the different abilities, the resource to do this and to become this and to become this oneness of mind, spirit, heart and love. And I pray today, Father, you would empower and release a greater desire for you, for your word, for one another. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would just ignite and water the seeds that are laying there right now. And when you said, seek first the kingdom, and I'll add all these things that we would. Lord, today is another opportunity, God. Your word says our days are numbered. And you know the days in which you have numbered. And you have chosen every single purpose, every single person for this time in history, for this exact time in history to make our mark for you as a whole and to live out and appropriate something bigger than just us as an individual that others are waiting for and cheering us on towards in heaven already. And I pray today that we wouldn't waste our time here on the earth, but God, that we would be committed to you, committed to one another and to cover ourselves in love because it covers a multitude of sins. 
that you would be building right here at the rock this radiant, perfect bride. I thank you that you've made it possible. I thank you that you've given us everything that we require for it to be a reality. With man, it's impossible. With God, it's possible. So I pray for faith today. I pray for the release of faith, the release of obedience, the release of love into our hearts, into my heart and my thinking. Because you are our Father in heaven. And hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why don't we stand?